0: To Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses with Mary Graham. So excited to be doing this consecration. We are consecrating our lives to Jesus through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And joining us is Julie Musselman and Mary Beth Finster.
1: Great, Mary, thank you. Today we are again picking up 33 Days to Morning Glory, a do-it-yourself retreat in preparation for Marian consecration that was written by Father Michael Gately. And yesterday, day one, we started reading about St. Louis de Montfort, the passionate saint of Brittany. Today, day two, we're going to pick up that thread and continue focusing on Louis de Montfort. And today we're going to be looking at St. Louis' influence on the church,
0: There's a story from St. Louis de Montfort's life that particularly expresses his passion, which we pondered just yesterday. In the town of Pontchateau, St. Louis inspired the peasants to build a huge monument to the passion of Christ on a neighboring hill for 15 months. Hundreds of peasants volunteered their skills and labor to build it. When completed, it stood as a massive structure, a real labor of love. And on the day before it was supposed to be dedicated to the bishop, word got back to St. Louis that his enemies had convinced the government to destroy it. They had lied to the authorities saying that the structure was actually meant to be a fortress against the government. When Louis received his Disappointing news, he told the thousands of people who had gathered for the blessing ceremony, we had hoped to build a Calvary here. Let us build it in our hearts. Blessed be God.
1: Okay, so now we know why he's a saint. <laughs> That's my boggling today. So much for that fiery, fiery <laughs> temper, days. huh? <laughs> <laughs> i tell
2: you, one thing about doing the Lord's work, it doesn't always have to turn out according to our plans. For example, St. Louis uh, surely had planned that his monument to Christ would last more than a day, yet the saint obediently accepted the destruction of his plans and blood. Because of this kind of detachment from his own will and attachment to God's, Louis became an instrument used by God to accomplish even mightier works. That's so often my biggest weakness. It's like I've got my own plan. So although his physical monument was destroyed, Lewis's teaching eventually became a huge edifice in the church that exercised great influences on many popes and on Catholic spirituality. And indeed, uh, de Montfort's passionate
1: labors paid off in the end, even if he didn't see Mm -hmm. the fruit himself. Don't we want to see the fruit ourselves? I mean, we are so goal-oriented, I think, in our country that that's just really a tremendous lesson for me to to read about that story. And as we are just now beginning our preparation for consecration to Jesus through Mary, let's ponder some of the support various popes have given to St. Louis de Montfort's teaching May the testimony of their support strengthen our resolve to journey on to Consecration Day. And may it help us to trust that our consecration truly will bear great fruit in our lives, even if we don't yet fully understand that. I think that's one of the things I've heard a lot of people say while they're doing the consecration. They just felt like they were reading and they didn't think anything was mm-hmm. going to happen. And then people who have consecrated last month or six months ago or a year ago, all then say, I had no idea what was going to come from it. So I love that, Mary, that this is going to bear fruit in ways we don't know. I have know. to say, that
0: kind of reminds me of Scott Hahn's story. I would, I would someday like to ask him what it was that he prayed for that first time he prayed the rosary and then later realized... Oh, Mary took care of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's it exactly, uh-huh. right?
0: <laughs> exactly. Our first pope that we're going to look at today is Blessed Pope Pius IX. And he made the statement that St. Louis's devotion to Mary is the best and most acceptable form.
2: Second Pope is Leo the Thirteenth, and he lived from 1878 to 1903. He not only beatified De Montfort in 1888, but he granted a church indulgence to Catholics who consecrate themselves to Mary using De Montfort's formula. You know, this Pope was reportedly so influ- influenced by Saint Louis's efforts to spread the Rosary that he wrote eleven encyclicals on this preeminent Marian devotion.
1: And, you know, for anyone who might be listening and, and is saying, well, what's an encyclical? You know, that is just a letter from our Holy Father to all of us on a topic that he feels is important for us to be focused on, and, and so the fact that... Uh, Leo the 13th wrote 11 encyclicals or letters about Mary really shows how important it was to him. We pick up the string of these great popes with Pope Saint Pius the 10th who reigned as pope from 1903 to 1914 and like Leo the 13th he also recommended de Montfort's teaching on Mary to the faithful. In fact, he granted a plenary indulgence in perpetuity to anyone who would pray de Montfort's formula for Marian consecration.
0: Julie, I have to ask what a plenary indulgence is.
1: Yeah, so a, an indulgence, a plenary indulgence, plenary means total. Indulgence is a gift of the Church to those who are faithful in a certain prayer or work of mercy where the temporal punishment due to sin is removed for all eternity. So when you receive an indulgence, it, it just enables us to go upon our death straight to heaven without having to pass through purgatory if the indulgence is plenary. Anyone who hasn't heard that word or has maybe seen it in a different light, to really kind of do a little research on that today because um, it is such a gift to all of us in the Church to have an indulgence if we do this consecration. Pope St. Pius X also offered his own apostolic blessing, to anyone who would simply read the book, True Devotion to Mary. And this Pope so strongly encouraged the faithful to follow de Montfort's path of Marian devotion because he himself had experienced his power. In fact, in his Marian encyclical, Ad Diem Ulam, the saintly Pope expressed his own dependence on de Montfort in writing it, which becomes obvious when one compares it with True Devotion to Mary, the book by de Montfort. The Pope's encyclical continually reflects the tone and spirit of de Montfort's classic work as evidenced by sentences like this, There is no surer, no easier way than Mary in uniting all men with Christ. You know, I I really loved reading in the introduction when Father Gately
2: talked about how he had done his consecration using this formula, but this whole book was that he wrote in ten days was all because he wanted to give us the surest,
1: easiest path um, to consecration. And many people have consecrated previously uh, using True Devotion to Mary, the the, the original formula by St. Louis de Montfort. And one of the things that Father Gately says is that that's a beautiful way to consecrate, but he himself, as he tried to do it, he felt like he was in a prayer marathon because there are a lot of prayers in it that you, it's intense, you go back and forth, Mm -hmm. you flip pages. And one of the things that St. Louis' True Devotion does not do is explain what Marian consecration mm-hmm. is. And so the goal in writing this book uh, by Father Gately was that we learn about what is Marian consecration as we're learning and praying and moving towards that consecration and day.
0: And I think that's something to point out that this it isn't 33 days of consecration. It's 30 days, 33 days of preparing preparing your heart, your mind and your soul for consecration day which which happens on the feast day of Mary. Pope Pius XI simply stated, I have practiced this devotion ever since my youth. Now, he was the pope from 1922 to 1939. So obviously he was practicing the the true devotion from St. Louis to Montfort, not Father Gately's, because Father Gately wasn't born yet. <laughs>
2: That's right. Um, The next pope who was pope from 1939 to 1958, um, Venerable Pope Pius XII, he canonized St. Louis in 1947. And in his homily for the Mass of Canonization, he referred to de Montfort's Marian teaching as solid and right. And then when the pope addressed the pilgrims who had come for the canonization, he said that de Montfort leads us to Mary. And from Mary to Jesus, I I love that part. It's not just Mary. I think people um, sometimes hear, you know, Catholics spend too much Mm -hmm. time um, looking at Mary. Uh, What mother does not know her son?
1: Um, You know, Mary just always points to Jesus. And, of course, the, the last great pope uh, that is written about here in, in Father Gately's book, 33 Days to Morning Glory, is St. Pope John Paul II, who was, had one of the longest pontificates of all the popes. He reigned as pope from 1978 to 2005 and he promoted de Montfort's teaching more than any other pope. We'll learn more about him during the fourth week of this retreat. We're going to spend seven whole days learning about uh, John Paul II. It's enough here just to recall two amazing facts. First of all, John Paul's papal motto was totus tuus, which means totally yours. He gave himself totally to Mary, and he took that directly from de Montfort's shorter prayer of consecration. Second, John Paul described the reading of True Devotion to Mary by Louis de Montfort as a decisive turning point in his life.
2: Wow, we've got some heavy yes, weights here done. supporting this consecration. I feel in an uh, extremely privileged company to be well, doing Well, I want it.
0: to address here, too, if anybody's kind of sitting there right now thinking, oh, gosh, this is just way too Marian for me. It's neat as we go through this next 33 days to really learn the theology behind it. And if you're thinking this is too much, you will see as we as we move through this next month that it's really not. It really is really all about Christ.
1: Yeah, and I love that that Mary, I've, I've heard the analogy, Mary's like the moon and Christ is like the sun. You know, how does the moon get any mm-hmm. light at all? Any yes. way we see the moon is because of the light from the sun going to it. And so Mary is not... God. She's not the ending point. She is a conduit pointing us to Jesus. Absolutely.
2: Well, and she's the model disciple. I mean, uh, we all have our heroes, and she's just the one that has paved the way. And uh, following you know, what, what she's done is, is our path.
0: Absolutely. It is time for us to go into our break. When we come back, we are going to get into the questions that are in the workbook. Looking forward to that conversation here on Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses. Hey Welcome back to Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses with Mary Graham as we dive into day two of our Marian Consecration. Beautiful conversation so far with Julie Musselman and Mary Beth Finster.
1: Well, thanks for having us on, Mary. Uh, We're continuing with the book, 33 Days to Morning Glory, a do-it-yourself retreat in preparation for Marian Consecration, written by Father Michael Gately. And we're on day two uh, in the first week. The first week focuses on St. Louis de Montfort, and today we're contemplating St. Louis's influence on the Church and several of the popes and, uh, that have uh, really tapped into his Marian consecration and used it in their own lives and then spread it to the faithful as well. You know, as I, I think about St. Louis, he was such a priest with great trust in God,
2: especially the story about the huge monument that he had helped to build for more than a year, and then it was suddenly destroyed. Uh, He said to thousands who had gathered for the blessing, let us build it in our hearts. Blessed be God. That's just an amazing response. Uh, What's your reaction to the story? Have you ever experienced a similar, severe disappointment with something that you thought seemed to be pleasing to God? Were you able to bless God in spite of the disappointment.
0: Are you ready for the list?
2: I don't know where to begin on that one. <laughs> I, uh, I really don't know where to begin. It isn't life. That's our, our strongest and our most grueling journeys. And where we grow the most is when we have disappointments. Um, certainly when we are achieving things, that's wonderful. But I've found when I've uh, you know grit and dirt and just had to work hard, um, maybe
1: a struggle, that's where I've grown the most. Mary Beth, um recently we were blessed to have Father Gately come to Florida and, and Mary Beth and I and several others put together a series of parish missions each night with Father Gately and that really jumped out at me when you when you said have you experienced a similar disappointment. We spoke with many, many churches to set up the dates. We spoke with many people at the different churches and we just thought it was such a slam dunk of getting things done. And, and, you know, as we went through it, there, there were a lot of disappointments. And then um, at each event, we had just different difficulties that came up. And, and overall, that was really hard as the difficulty arose. But what happened? Did we let that, that difficulty or that disappointment stop us? No, we just picked it up and kept going through, and I believe we were able to give something really beautiful to God by hosting these parish missions each night, and it did not come out the way we originally thought. We had it in our head, this way, this way, this way, and... The way it all came together was completely different.
2: And, and you know, what, what, what I love about the consecration is that just saying, I'm giving it to you, Mary, it, she opens the doorways. When, when the door shuts, I just move to the next, where, where she's guiding me. I don't look at it as a disappointment as much as I did in years past, when I would think I'd be doing things on my own control. When you're giving it to Mary, she takes it.
1: And honestly, it's a lot easier You know, Mary, one of the funny things that happened is um, Mary Beth and I, back in October, we really, really gave our all in to yes to Mary, to Jesus through Mary. And I'm going to have Mary Beth tell a short story. She, She particularly felt like she would say yes to whatever Our Lady asked her to do. And as we were going through planning these parish missions, Mary Beth, tell us a little bit about the table. Tell us about the table. <laughs> well, in one of the,
2: I've, I've led some conferences before, and you just kind of write your your order for whatever you need. And, and in one particular facility, the tables were were not, the, the number that I needed were, was not available. And I, I didn't at first realize that I would have to be lugging my own tables in the car so that we could set up Father Gately's books. And, you know, at first, the very first 30 seconds, I could feel like, are you kidding? You can't provide, you know, a couple tables and this is a legit facility. And, and then all of a sudden I felt the Blessed Mother say to me, but you said do anything for me. And honestly, Mary, I, I just felt it melt. I go, of oh, course I can lift tables. <laughs> I swim every morning. Wow. I can do anything for you. I, and, and it's funny. I, I really I learned a very powerful lesson. Uh, I'm learning lessons every single day. I look at my kids and go, I, I'm like a sponge. I just want to take it in. How as our bodies become more stiff mm-hmm. as we age, our souls, our spiritual souls actually become like a oh, wet more sponge playable. just taking it all in. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. Our bodies go in one direction, like Mm -hmm. the old sponge, but our spiritual uh, uh, body takes on even just more and more and more. I I just can't quite get my three teenage daughters to get that concept. Um, They don't want to hear about
1: (laughs) it. But it's taken us forty years, so they got time.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm a little. It makes me.
0: It makes me wonder if that's why our bodies get stiff. because that's how God gets our attention.
1: Mm, That's true. And we've used that table analogy so many Mm -hmm. times now, different difficulties that have come up, and it's like, okay, I can lift a table. It it really just kind of turns a disappointment into uh, a way to really give something more to Mm -hmm. our Lord. So right now we're working through the questions in the Retreat Companion, and the, the second question that comes up is, says part of Marian consecration involves entrusting ourselves totally to Mary so that she can bring us to Jesus. And she does so in union with her spouse, the Holy Spirit, in the best way possible. For her to bring us to Jesus, though, we need to let go of always trying to do everything Mm -hmm. ourselves and from thinking that everything depends on us. Take your best guess at the following questions. What is the first thing I need to become detached from? Will it be difficult to become detached from it, and will it take time? Boy, I underlined that sentence right there from he, for for her to bring us to Jesus, we need to be letting go of some things and ourselves. And that spirit of detachment really is coming alive today in this particular question, but throughout the whole consecration.
0: And again, when I when I hear this question, I think, oh, the list.
1: <laughs> right. And you know the thing is, we can do a lot in our own strength, right? All of us have our gifts and talents. And for me, one of the things that really I need to let go of is, and is to imitate the Our Lady Moore, who was mm-hmm. quietly, humbly behind the scenes, but not the focus. You know, I think I thrive on somebody giving me a good comment Mm -hmm. or knowing that I did something well and, and just that approval Mm -hmm. rating, you know, from different people. And really, uh, I feel like Mary's calling me to set that aside. And she's saying, do this work quietly, humbly for my son and let it go. You know, let the, the, let him have all the glory for what gets done, Julie. When you said those words quietly and humbly, that qu-
2: just makes me think of Mary um, in her witness and Elizabeth. And and you know, recently, my, my birth name is actually Mary Elizabeth. And when I was little, I said to my mother, "Why did you give me that long name?" And and combined with a very long Uh Italian name, I must have had like 30 letters, I I resisted that name, and she said, I gave it to you because I wanted to give you all the help you could get. And You know, (laughs) it it, it was so prophetic because I resisted it for so long, and now I look at it as such a gift because as I reflect on what those two great women... you know, just, just give an example to us. It helps me in my daily walk because humility, uh, you know, it, it, that's, that's what it's the, the, the fortress, the, the groundwork that, that you build our discipleship on is being humble. And that takes a lot. And every day I just get on my knees asking God to make me more humble.
0: And it's so hard because the world is always calling us. You've always got the desire for something new in the house or for something new with new clothes or or a new activity. There's always so much to distract us.
2: Too. I think we're all probably, you know, there's different ages listening, but growing up in the 70s and the 80s, that channel that we tuned into was not to be a stay-at-home mm-hmm. mom. It was a radio station that played, you know what, you've got to be career-oriented, mm-hmm. independent, self-sufficient. And, and that is kind of uh, something you have to learn that as you grow closer, it, that may not be the calling. You know, I, I did step down from my position. I'm a physical mm-hmm. therapist and worked for 27 years. And you know, with five children, it was virtually impossible. And I looked, and I go, I'm only entrusted with these children That's for right. so many years, and and it, it's been the greatest gift. Is you know, I don't have right. the accolades as I do nine loads of laundry every single day, but um, and it, it can be frustrating. But knowing that I can offer that, I know that kind of sounds cliche, but I, I do. As 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 the dryer breaks, and I'm. There And nobody cares that I cleaned the refrigerator mm. out or the pantry. Nobody sees it.
0: But aren't you finding, too, that, that you're getting other rewards, other accolades from Christ that are far greater than the ones of the world?
1: I can't even begin to tell you how many there are. Yeah, and you know, that spirit of detachment, I think it takes um, a lot of things. Mary Beth's talking about a big detachment, stepping down from a career that you loved and, and were doing well at and received a lot of recognition for. But the um, the detachment from a lot of different things, from the food, mm-hmm. from the way we look, from maybe the way our children are perceived. How much attachment do we have that our children are thought well of or popular or getting all the best things for them. What about the attachment to um, the different things that we have in our household, the ease of certain conveniences. You joke about being in the car all day, right? But how blessed are we to have a car that <laughs> yes. runs so that we can chase around all day. I, I'm like
0: Louie we don't have to walk the thousand miles.
1: <laughs> That's it. Or Mary
2: on a donkey. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I, I preferred the car going to the hospital right. to deliver
0: my children. <laughs> well, I remember the car, though, on the bumpy road. I didn't like that too much. But I guess it was a lesser of two evils when I think about a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, it is time that we take a break here. We have two more questions to follow up here with our Marian consecration preparation on day two of 33 Days to Morning Glory. Hey. Welcome back to Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses with Mary Graham. Our guests today are Mary Beth Finster and Julie Musselman as we embark on day two of preparation for Marian consecration with Father Michael Gately's 33 Days to Morning Glory.
1: Well, it's great to be with you, Mary. And for those of us who are listening and and wanting to follow along, we've captured all of this on a blog thirty three days to dot com and it's the numerals three three and then days to morning glory all smashed together and you can click on uh, tell me more about this and and you'll be able to our blog and some of the things that we're referencing as we're speaking, you can get the book yourself to read and share with others. Uh, We're also working with the Retreat Companion, which has the questions in it for group discussions, and I think that's one of the things that really takes the Marian consecration deeper for us, is when we share with others, have some accountability, and are able to do it in a live group. In a Skype group, phone group, or in this podcast group that we're creating with you right now. It's a very big blessing, and we appreciate you letting us be part of it.
3: If
0: the listener out there would like to join us, if you would like to become part of this discussion, we would love to have you be a part of that. You can email Mary at cultureoflifemedia.com. If this is something you're passionate about and you want to in- engage in this consecration, that's Mary at cultureoflifemedia.com. We are working on the workbook. We are on the this last two questions for the day. This is so quick and easy. Third question: Pope John Paul II called reading de Montfort's book, True Devotion to Mary, a decisive turning point in his life. What one or two books have you read besides the Bible? that have had a decisive influence on your life, either pointing you in a new direction or toward a new career, introducing you to a new relationship, or deepening your spiritual life? Did you recommend those books to anyone or give them as a gift?
1: This question just really jumps out at me because part of my own conversion story is in the late 1990s, I heard a talk by Dr. Scott Hahn, Ditto. and he was a pres. <laughs> yeah, I think several of us have. And he was a Presbyterian minister who gave up his uh, job as a Presbyterian pastor and became Catholic because of his commitment to truth, to reading the Bible, and to going and following through with the questions that he had and studying them. And at first it was a cassette tape, and then later it became the book Rome's Sweet Home. And that testimony of Dr. Scott Mm -hmm. Hahn and his wife Kimberly absolutely was the starting point for me in a totally new direction. I I was always a Catholic. I was baptized when I was two weeks old. I received Mm -hmm. all the sacraments. I married a a, a Catholic, a cradle Catholic, in the Catholic Church. All four of our parents were Catholics. And yet, I got to my early 30s with two young children, and I had no Mm -hmm. clue. And reading that book, Rome, Sweet Home, listening to the Hans cassette tapes at that time, just blew open the the doors of my mind as to what we have, the treasure we have in in our Holy Catholic Church. And uh, the funny thing about it is the question says, did you recommend those books or give them to anyone as gifts? That's all I could do. I I mean, I remember, like, hiding the visa bill from my husband (laughs) because I had bought (laughs) more books or more tapes or more cassettes or CDs. And... And I was literally uh, giving them away uh, to anyone who would yeah. listen or, or had any comment at all. And, you know, that was really kind of the birth of the work I do with Lighthouse Catholic yes. Media then, because Lighthouse Catholic Media started in 2005. And the whole idea behind Lighthouse is we have those CDs and books in the backs of, back of churches, and they're very inexpensive. They're just mm-hmm. a 3 or $4 donation. And the goal of the entire apostolate is if something impacts you, then you turn around and give it to someone else. And, you know, I was one of the first recipients of... (laughs) Julie's tape back in 1999. And
2: Mary, that was back when I didn't know anything. The only thing that I really did was go to Sunday Mass. I mean, God was a distant figure. We had two two little girls at the time. And she gave me, let's keep it in the Hahn family, Kimberly Hahn's tape. And and it's where she's in graduate school and she talks and defends. Um, She has to talk against contraception. At the time, she was using Mm -hmm. contraception. I heard that tape. I'd never heard that before. I mean, yes, I grew up when John Paul II was Pope, but never heard, wasn't tuned in again to that station. And I know, I knew it from the moment I heard it, that her words were true. But uh, while we're looking at books, I have found personally why I do love to devour books. Raising five children, a lot of them were little at the time. The CDs were so powerful because I did spend so much time in the car, and um, I've just loved them My husband looks at my garage. Are we a a publishing company. I've got, you know, books and just, just everything. And, and you know what? I've looked at it as just that ministry because I always want to just have something just ready, always ready. And and I love that in gospel, always be ready to defend your faith and, and not an apologetic standpoint, just just to be able to have a reason for why I have hope.
0: That is so true. And for me, it was the same thing, but actually someone handed me the book, Rome Sweet Home, and that wasn't my first exposure. Again, same thing, hiding the credit card bill. I turned into a bookaholic, and then I discovered the, the Mary Foundation. They had free CDs I could get. And then came in the Lighthouse Catholic Media and the CD of the month. I was so excited. I signed up, and the CDs started coming in once a month. And first, my kids kind of grumbled, Mom, do we have to listen to this? And, and then as, as they came in each month, they grew in their faith. They engaged. And I would literally be dropping them off at school and they would say, Mom, turn off the CD. I don't want to miss any of this. And the impact that those CDs have had on my kids and their faith walk is something I could have never done. Never.
1: If you haven't heard of the CD of the Month Club before, you can go to the website lighthouse-catholic.com and there's a little icon on the left. You can join the CD of the Month Club. It's awesome. It sends you a brand new title every month right to Mm -hmm. your home And uh, you can get I get the 10 pack. It's 10 of the same Mm -hmm. CDs and I keep them in my car, like Mary Beth said, and just hand them out when I run into somebody at a Mm -hmm. a friend, family, even like the guy fixing my car or something like that. I'll share those with.
0: And that's the beauty of it. It's it's a way to share with other people. It can be that seed that gets planted.
1: Those CDs. Have uh, just
2: actually given me encouragement that I I actually can learn the Bible. As Catholics, we're not known for picking up the Bible, but that First Peter three fifteen sixteen. But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But to do it with gentleness and respect.
1: And I think most of us aren't articulate enough. We haven't studied enough to be able to answer the questions that people ask us, but when you have a book or a CD and you can say I don't know everything about Mary, but here, try this book and I'll tell you what Mary, this new book 33 Days to Morning Glory that we're going through right now I have given away hundreds of these mm-hmm. because we have some great parish pricing for anyone that wants to bring it to their parish, and it's so such a low price that you really can't afford to give it away. And so many people have questions about Our Lady, and what's her right role, and, and do Catholics pay too much attention to her? And I think as we're learning, as we're going through the consecration together, the, the Preparation for consecration. You know, we're seeing what her right role is, and how we can better understand that and be able to share it with others.
0: We do have one final question we need to get to today.
1: What we look at Mm -hmm. six popes that were influenced
2: by the teachings of Saint Louis de Montfort. If you had your choice of someone to influence with your life, your friendship, or your thoughts, who would that be? Why would you want to influence that person? And, you know, choose someone living or someone past or even someone in the future. You can choose from any of that.
0: The single most important hands down would be my kids to help them to know and understand their faith as they move forward so that they can be ahead of where I was at their ages.
1: I I couldn't agree with you more, Mary. I think probably all of us listening, you know, our husband, our spouse, our family members would have to be the top people we would want to influence our own kids. And we just have such a deep love for them and wanting everything Mm -hmm. the best for them in every possible way. If the goal of life is heaven, Mm -hmm. to become a saint, and the goal of Christian parenting is to raise up little saints and get them to heaven with us, this is a perfect way to do that, to share this beautiful consecration to Jesus through Mary, because it has been called the surest, easiest, most quickest way to become a saint. And that's not my description. That's the description of of mm-hmm. popes and and saints along the way. And, and you know what's so cool, Pope Francis' joy of the gospel when you have that
2: then you want to share it yes we want to bring our children but you find that wherever you are in the supermarket um you know i my kid says you will talk to anybody <laughs> now i may not bring up it at it, it, every moment but that's the point is that i understand that i sometimes i just can't contain the joy of having encountered jesus and, and the blessed mother and you you naturally
1: want to share it. And I think just as we're meeting people during the day or out in public at a crowded mall or at a store or at work, sometimes people there are people that really rub us the wrong way that that aren't easy to get along with that don't share our same views. In my mind when I think of these people as these are souls created by God that he wants to have with him for all eternity, that really helps me to kind of want to build a bridge more and share a little bit with those people who aren't my first people I would want to influence. Because Jesus
0: loves them too.
1: He loves them so much, and uh, and he cares about each and every soul. So as we can reach out to those people and, and share the love of Christ with them, I think that's really what we're learning in this consecration. And we'll have our uh, the ending prayer that we want to be Contemplating all day long, again, we'll just uh, pray it here together. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit, living in Mary, prepare Prepare me to give myself fully to To living out this true and solid devotion. That wraps
0: up day two of our 33 Days to Morning Glory with Father Michael Gately. We do have a quarter of an hour left, and in that last hour, we are going to hear the prayers that Louis de Montfort prayed during his consecration. They're beautiful songs. We're also going to rehash the questions a little bit so you can ponder these questions while listening to the beautiful music. That's all coming up right here on Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses. Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses with Mary Graham. Our guests have been Julie Musselman and Mary Beth Finster. We are consecrating our lives to Jesus through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And the daily prayer for this week is the Angelus. Let's take a moment now and pray the Angelus together. The angel of
4: the Lord declared unto Mary.
0: And she was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord.
3: Be it done unto me according to
0: thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee.
3: that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ.
4: Let us pray.
0: Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ, thy Son, was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now we're going to take a little, a little taste of the prayer marathon as... Father Michael Gately calls it from St. Louis de Montfort's total consecration to Mary. It begins with a reading from the scriptures, Matthew 5, verse 48, and Matthew 6, verses 1 through 15. This is the scripture passages about not boasting about your almsgiving and your fasting. So if you have time to read some scripture today, those would be the passages to read. Now let's take a look at the first two questions from Father Michael Gately's meditations. We're, we're remembering the monument that St. Louis built that was destroyed in a single day? Have you ever experienced a similar severe disappointment with something that you thought seemed to be pleasing to God? Were you able to bless God in spite of the disappointment? And the second question to be thinking about, what things do we need to detach from in order to make this consecration to Jesus from Mary? Let's listen to Veni Creator while we think about those two questions on Real Life Radio. Veni
4: credo, tomo,
3: Questions
0: three and four in today's meditations from Father Michael Gately's 33 Days to Morning Glory. Were there any books or media that had an impact in your faith walk as gifts? Did you recommend these to other people or did you give them as gifts? And number four, if you had your choice of someone to influence with your life, your friendship and your thoughts, who would that be? Why would you want to influence that person? I remember, pick somebody who's living.
3: blessed
0: Day two. If you have not picked up your materials yet, I highly encourage you to get copies of the books that we are reading from. And yes, although most of this sounds like a conversation, we really are reading from Father Michael Gately's book, 33 Days to Morning Glory. We are also using the Retreat Companion, which was written by Carol Younger. You can get copies of these books at 33 Days to to morningglory.com. That's three three days to morningglory dot com. We are becoming living witnesses here on Real Life Radio.